Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today, we've got a great story of compliance of making something way harder than it ever needed to be. But first, a story from Silly Riding Cat, two Karens versus a sleep-deprived worker. I actually did what they wanted. A quick key, OHF is old slash handicaps folks, a former workplace. Blueberry, a former boss, a Karen. Pickle, boss's assistant, also a Karen. Pretzel, the other graveyard shift worker. I no longer work at the old slash handicaps folks place, but I'm still contacted by Blueberry, Pickle, and other staff. A little more lore here, Blueberry used to be a good boss. She was really good for the first six years, then she was given an award and shoved her favorite stick up her rear end and never saw a need to pull it out. After that, her assistant Pickle came along. I'm pretty sure Pickle has multiple sticks up their rear, but I don't want to figure out why. Pickle is a backstabbing manipulator who wants to run things their way or be the puppeteer for whoever's on top. Thanks to Pickle, the sticks, and Pickle's backstabbing shenanigans, Blueberry has become a Karen in charge of OHF. Pickle had always disliked me, and I never knew why. Pickle was Blueberry's pet and second in command, which also meant that Pickle was allowed and encouraged to follow and critique all staff. Pickle nitpicked anything and everything that me, Pretzel, and a couple of other staff did. Even if we did the things Pickle wanted us to do the way they asked, we would be yelled at. Both Blueberry and Pickle would yell and belittle staff, especially when together. Now, on with the story, Pretzel and I both worked graveyard shift. Passing meds, toilet runs, and cleaning were always on the list of to-dos. Pretzel liked playing hard and asked for the weirdest graveyard shift schedule I'd ever seen. Two on, one off, one on, three off. That was her usual, making mine a direct reflection of hers. It was horrible. We finally got ourselves figured out. Pretzel and I would trade off and on, two on, three off. I usually had the three in a row. A couple of months into the new schedule, Pickle butted their way into our schedules. Pickle didn't like how Pretzel and I weren't killing ourselves with chaotic schedules or something along those lines. So she wormed her way into being the one making the schedule for all staff to follow. She disliked me way more than Pretzel, so she put me on four graveyards in a row, two nights off, and back to the four. Pretzel was moved to swing slash second shift for a few nights and filling the two graveyards I had off. I could not take more than three in a row. After three, my mind becomes a bowl of red jello with chunks of cherries in it. I can barely function enough to pass as human, let alone be a proper caregiver. Blueberry and Pickle were both fully aware of this. They had been for a while. All the staff were fully aware of it. Pickle used my jello state as a tool to constantly attempt to hack me to figurative pieces, saying that I was making errors that were worthy of firing me, but that they'd give me another chance. 
I warned them over and over again that if the schedule was not returned to the way Pretzel and I had agreed on before, I would turn my two weeks notice in. Blueberry and Pickle decided to ignore me and keep on their trail. One day, Pickle dared me to do something about my situation. Malicious compliance unlocked. I got to work. At the time I was working two other jobs, day slash first shift hours, I would work for four to five hours, and the bosses there were noticing a decline in my work ethic. I asked for a raise from one, and put my two weeks notice in at OHF. Pickle and Blueberry still call me, asking me to come back to work there. Funny thing about my leaving, they didn't seem to realize that I was doing extra work on top of the lists I was doing my best to keep up with wouldn't get done. Pretzel had no clue about them because we only saw each other at staff meetings. I regularly cleaned things others ignored in favor of getting off work on time, setting certain things out for certain patients that made the day shift's job easier. I never told anyone I was doing it because I didn't want it to be added to all the lists, making them required and thus adding to the exhaustion that we were all under. Pickle's tantrums had added unnecessary things to the list and letting others slip because they didn't like them. Things like patients needed to have their nails painted and hair done up fancily every day. Or that the fake flowers needed repositioned every meal but in the same way. Example, pink flowers on table one at breakfast, three at lunch, and five at dinner. Or other tedious things they would throw fits about. Most of our patients hated being dressed up. I also seemed to have started a mini exodus of staff members. Most of us were tiptoeing around Pickle and Blueberry and scared of being fired. I had two other jobs, but most of the others didn't have other places to work. I accidentally took all of the other multi-job workers with me and left a skeleton crew behind us. I regret that OHF is now severely understaffed, but there are only so many times that I can say I'm leaving but not leave. And there's only so much I could take with the schedule before either I accidentally killed a patient or myself. A hundred percent this story harkens to, you don't quit bad jobs, you quit bad managers. And the sad thing is, I know people who work in similar fields and I don't think it's a too uncommon thing to have managers that are pretty awful like this. These elderly care facilities or handicapped care facilities nursing facilities, a lot of these places I seem to find want to get the most from the bare minimum. I mean, I've heard stories of places that have upwards of 70, 80 residents, and because these places are so cutthroat and understaffed, you might have three, maybe four if you're lucky, nurses or workers to work. Imagine trying to take care of 20 to 30 people per person all night long. Do you think these kinds of facilities should have some kind of mandatory regulation where they have to have a certain amount of staff or, you know, they have to make it attractive, they have to have a certain hour limit, wage limit, something that almost guarantees that you're going to have workers coming in? Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. I'd like to know what you guys think in the comments down below. And by the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Irish Cream the Nerd. If you don't like it, there are plenty of other teams that work remote. So this story is, as the majority of these are, the direct result of minglement, having no idea what or how their employees work. Background. At the time, I worked on an on-site desktop support team of about 13 people. These are your IT guys that typically wander around your workplace and go fix your computer in person. I had this job for about a year before the pandemic hits. The Rona hits and, of course, 95% of my job's workforce is either moved to entirely remote work or a hybrid schedule. Now, what does that mean for a primarily on-site, second-tier IT support team? Well, for one, it means that a lot of our workload shifted to being remote work. Secondly, it means that if something did need on-hand support, we'd need to schedule that user to come into the office. And thirdly, it means that a lot of larger projects come to a grinding halt. Now, transitioning a workforce of thousands to remote work on a dime was, for all intents and purposes, a nightmare. We had to distribute thousands of laptops amidst multiple supply chain breakdowns and teach a pretty aged workforce how to use VPNs. Needless to say, we absolutely rocked it despite all the hurdles. We spent a year plus of the pandemic managing hybrid schedules. Basically for that entire time period, each one of us was on site at least two full days a week and then coming in for an hour or two at a time for appointments with users if they didn't fit into our normal days. This worked out for everyone. Almost none of our users were ever regularly on site. We always had two to three people in the office at any given time for emergencies, and we smashed through ticket queues. Our team was heaped with praise on all sides. But this wouldn't be a malicious compliance story if that was the case, now would it? Malicious compliance? So after having rocked support IT during a pandemic and receiving praise from every department, Manglement remembers a project that we've been putting off, Lifecycle Replacement, LCR. Lifecycle Replacement is the fancy IT term for replacing computers when they get too old. We were supposed to start a massive LCR right before the pandemic, but due to some rather ridiculous moves on the part of Manglement, they dissolved the lifecycle team into desktop IT, it got delayed. Now they're in full panic mode and demanding massive quotas of LCRs to be completed each week. Despite two mitigating factors, one, we're not receiving enough computers in the first place to meet those quotas, two, it's hard to force masses of employees who've had a taste of work-life balance to come into the office to replace a whole computer with their whole working lives on them. So quotas are not being met, and Minglement is beginning to sweat because their bosses are wondering why this thing that was supposed to be finished a year ago is barely even starting. Minglement decides that clearly 
desktop is to blame and thus sends out an edict that we're all to be on site 8 hours a day, 5 days a week, or else. Now, unfortunately, our whole team had gotten used to not having to pay for parking downtown every day, and we had realized that if the whole rest of the workforce is still working remotely, that us being in an empty building every day was completely pointless. We voiced our concern to our supervisor, who, being the dutiful mouthpiece of our mangler, immediately set up a meeting with the whole team and themselves. The meeting went a little like this. Coworker says, So, we're a little confused about this edict you've sent out, that we have to be on site a full day every day. You guys have been praising our hard work throughout the pandemic, and I think we've shown that we can responsibly manage hybrid schedules. Mangler says, With people moving back into offices, We've determined there's greater need to have your team on site. And with the ticket backlog, we need to make sure the manpower is there to support the staff. Coworker says, but the backlog is due to us not having the equipment to distribute to the employees, as well as the majority of employees still working off-site. There's nobody around for us to regularly support. Mangler says, well, unfortunately, these positions were always meant to be an on-site position. I say so, will you and supervisor be on site all week as our main line of support? They say our job positions don't necessitate us to be on site, so we'll be coming in as needed. I say, to address your point about ticket counts, I wanted to point out that I pulled completed tickets for April pre-pandemic and April during the pandemic, and we actually completed more tickets working a hybrid schedule. They say, look, this was always meant to be an on-site position. If you don't like it, then there are plenty of other teams who offer remote work. I say so, if we don't want to pay for gas and parking downtown every day, we're free to find other positions in the company that fit our needs better? They say, if you want to discuss this further, then you can schedule time to meet with me when I'm in the office next Wednesday. Needless to say, the entire team was furious. We had rocked the pandemic, been told how efficient we were, and then were being punished because Minglement didn't want to explain to their bosses the concept of supply chain issues. I immediately began searching for another position in my company, and very quickly found one that utilized some of my more niche skills with a very cool supervisor. I've ended up in a job that I have carte blanche to run as I see fit because I'm the only person with necessary experience to do so. But it doesn't end there. Throughout the pandemic, our team had been whittled down to maybe 9 of the original 13 people. Once I left, that left 8. Three more followed suit and joined the remote help desk team, leaving 5 original team members. Fallout, Manglement decided at that time, since the primary focus was LCRs, that they could just hire a bunch of low-paid interns to fill in the empty spots. Now, the second whammy to this whole shebang is that recently our union had a new contract coming up, and Manglement apparently didn't take much time to read the new contract, because the contract forbids using interns to do the work of full position union members. So now the desktop team consists of five original full IT employees, and five interns who are only allowed to image computers. Their ticket queue still has tickets from June. Well, I don't know if Minglement is on a fast track to getting fired right now, 
but it is bound to happen very soon, I pray and hope. I mean, you want to talk about their bosses not seeing any results? They literally hired five interns that cannot do anything. They're probably paying them $8 an hour, but still. And our final story of the day is from Statistician East 7730 Renewal license is more expensive than a new one? Fine, I'll uninstall my old software. I have a software license that I bought last year. The license is for one year. Well, a few days ago, I bought a new license, but I kept getting emails that my license was about to expire. I called customer service. Hi, I keep getting emails that my license is about to expire, and I just bought a license last week. Customer service says, oh, I see, you bought a new license? That won't work. It has to be a renewal license. The renewal license costs $2,899. I say, what? Why won't it work? The new license for a year just costs $1,099. They say, too bad. I'll contact you to do our technicians. Tech says, nope, can't do it. I say, so if I uninstall it, I can use the license I just bought? Tech says, uh, I guess, but that takes a lot of work on my end to set it up. I say, well, I don't want to pay extra for the same thing. Let me uninstall it. Tech says, oh, well, give me team viewer access. Two hours later, he had my new software and license installed because they have a terrible three megabit per second internet. All they had to do on their end is just plug in the activation code on my old software to renew it. But no, renewals need a renewal license, which costs more than twice as much. Nope, I'm not paying extra. I mean, I think it goes without saying, even if you had like a thousand different programs you had to uninstall and reinstall, it would be worth it to sit there and painstakingly go through one by one getting rid of all of them and reinstalling, rather than paying another $1,800. Now you want to talk about a premium ripoff, but with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely awesome malicious compliance story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.